0: Hi, this is Jerry Reynolds for Sacramento Electronic Supply, who has been servicing the Sacramento area's industrial electronic needs for over 75 years. Family owned and operated, Sacramento Electronics is a registered California small business that pride themselves on their customer service. Their showroom and warehouse are open to the public to browse. Whether you're looking for wire and cable, tools and testers connectors or relays sacramento electronics is open for you monday through friday 8 30 a.m to 4 p.m directly south of costco and rancho cordova or hey visit them online 24 7 at www.sacelec.com and do it Oh, another rebound in a crowd by the Brock Ness Monster. Ooh, that would be page of ooh. Jim Bob Goley, holy moly. How about the Tasmanian-Slovenian with the stop, drop, and pop? Tiffany Hop huh? in the King's Herald Barbershop.
1: You're listening to The Kings Herald Show, a bi-weekly NBA podcast that covers all the ups and downs, ins and outs of your one and only Sacramento Kings. As always, I'm your host, Will Griffith, and with me today, writer for The Kings Herald, my co-host, Tony Zipteris. Tony, how's it going?
2: Will, the Kings are one of the few remaining teams with enough cap space to have a really, really interesting free agency, so I'm doing very well and excited to talk about basketball today.
1: Amen to that, bud. He's a former Sacramento Kings head coach, GM and color analyst, GM of a WNBA champion, Indiana basketball Hall of Famer, the true pride of French League himself. It's Jerry Reynolds. Jerry, as always, it's an absolute pleasure to have you here today. How's it going?
0: Well, it's a pleasure to be with you guys. I know we get to talk basketball, so it's a good day.
1: <laughs> Nothing more exciting than that. So the NBA draft is coming gone. NBA's free agency period looms. And today we're going over to, re- we're going to recap and preview both respectively. Uh, we're going to jump right in because we got a lot to cover. So. The Sacramento Kings held the 24th pick in the first round of the 2023 draft. Um, With a bevy of players on the table, they elected instead to send their selection, uh, Olivier Maxon's Prosper, along with Kings center Rashawn Holmes to the Dallas Mavericks for what essentially amounts to $30 million, give or take some, in cap space. Uh, Guys, we'll get into what the Kings can actually do with that cap space a little later in the show, but how do you feel about Monty and company electing for cap space over a first round level prospect?
0: Well, I'm okay with it. You know, I think it's a point to, certainly for me, uh, no reason not to trust Monty. You know, I think he's made uh, some terrific decisions and uh you know, you have to think in terms of you want this team to get better and it's going to be difficult for any uh draft pick to make that happen. You know, there're exceptions and you know, having said that, I mean, I think that you know, Omax was one of the guys, few guys that I actually uh, watched, made a point to watch, and I like because he's such a tough son of a gun. And so, but uh, you know, no, I, all but all being said, I I sure think
2: it's
1: the right move. Tony, any disappointment in uh, not having a first round selection this year?
2: Well, he did wait until the Kings were up to pull the trigger. Which uh, I guess another part of this is Chris Murray got drafted one pick in front of them. So I wonder, I wonder what the decision would have been if Chris Murray had made it all the way to 24. I guess we'll we'll never know know the true answer there. But uh, I guess the disappointment comes in waiting through that terrible draft for two and a half hours, only to not get a selection at 24. So Monty, you owe me you owe me some time, I guess. Um, but I think this is the ultimate wait and see. Decision, which is this is either a, a, a good time to record a podcast because we're there's so many things about to happen or a terrible time because something will happen and make a lot of this conversation obsolete. But it's one of those things where McNair has earned some trust and now we wait and see what he does with all this cap space he just opened up.
1: Yeah, I'm curious. Jerry, do you think that if if uh Chris Murray had fallen to uh to 24, do you think the Kings would uh have maintained the same course? Could they have uh lived through the riot that is um Kings fans not getting Chris Murray on their team and instead only getting cap space? Or do you think this is something that the Kings probably had Murray on their list and that would have been okay with them?
0: Well, I, you know, if I was just guessing, which of course we are, uh, I think Monty probably wanted to do that anyway.
2: Mm, you know,
0: I, I just, I think he really, I mean, you know, would have been a little tougher maybe if Murray was there uh, maybe, but, but I, I really, you know, I think Monty has proven, I think with, you know, the Halliburton trade and some other things he's did over the years that he really has his own idea of what it takes to make this team better. And I think I'd be surprised if this wasn't his decision regardless. Sure.
1: Well, of course, the Kings weren't finished on the night. Uh, they used the uh, future second round pick to trade up four slots from their 38th pick uh, for the rights to uh, Xavier guard Colby Jones. Our draft guru, Bryant West, who we had on uh, last episode, ranked Jones 28th on his big board. And of Jones said that he was a, a two-way floor riser who had excellent balance between scoring and playmaking also described him as a quick, tough defender who handled a range of guards and forwards um, guys. Um, ha, uh, does it soften the blow at all trading a first rounder than going ahead and drafting a first round level talent in the second round? And what do you guys think in general of Kobe Jones?
0: Well, you know, we were talking before he we went on here and I, I was on a couple of different radio shows in the last week or so. And, and, and it's kind of strange because Colby Jones is one of the guys that I watched quite a bit. It uh, goes back to, you know, years in Indiana, knowing Xavier and had friends that played there and worked there, things like that. But, and it's a really good program, but having said that, I watched, I really like watching him. I, I really think he's a first round talent. I, I agree with that. I don't, you know, you don't know how it's going to play out, but as I, I talked to you earlier, I, and I'd said on, on radio that uh, he really reminds me, and I'm old enough to remember, when Malcolm Brogdon was in Virginia. And I really liked Malcolm Brogdon, and he was a guy who was a, really had a game, uh, wasn't a super athlete. But, uh, and he slipped in a draft because people didn't see him as athletic enough. Well, clearly, that was erroneous. He was Rookie of the Year, uh, in fact. And and I think this is, a, the rumors are, that's a little bit of what happened with him, that he's not viewed as quite that athletic. But he's athletic enough, and boy, he can pass. I mean, he yeah. he has got instincts for the game that, you know, you can't coach. So, uh, yeah, I think it's a great pick. I, I don't know, you know, if he's going to be a five-time All-Star or, or be a G League player but but it sure seems like a good move to me
1: tony what do you think of the selection of colby jones
2: i don't know how you could have a, a negative take from this i guess i mean it's another we we talked about this last week or last episode of the show where the the back half of this draft was so crazy and hard to predict that you might get someone really good in like late in the second or early in the second round that could have been a first round pick uh we talked about leonard miller you know, not even making it to the Kings at 24, yeah. he doesn't go till 33. So it's it's nice that the Kings were able to benefit from this being kind of a weird draft. I guess we'll see if they benefit, right? We'll we'll see what Kobe Jones um, turns into. But I, I like the fact that the Kings were aggressively pursuing him. Trading up makes me a little bit more excited. Like, oh, McNair liked this guy enough to really go after him and not just sit back and wait and see if he's there when they, they make their selection. So that's that's nice. Um, I also just thought McNair's comments after the pick or after the draft were kind of interesting. Uh, in, in case there was any doubt, Monty McNair is intentionally targeting winners. And I think we knew that uh, based on what he, what, the, the players he's drafted in the past, Davion Mitchell, Tyrese Halliburton. But um, him just calling up out Colby Jones is winning history. He said he's really a winner. He won almost two thirds of his games at Xavier. So we're excited to bring him in. I uh, talked about how excited they were about his culture fit with Mike Brown. So this appears on the outside to be exactly who Monty McNair typically drafts. And Uh, so far his track record has been pretty good in the first round not so great in the second round but we'll see if he has a hit here with Colby Jones Jerry you
1: mentioned his passing Uh, Jones as a wing averaged four and almost almost four and a half assists a game uh, which is I feel like crazy for a college player even at his level coming from a wing at least Um, is there any chance that he gets playing time on this roster come the regular season do either of you guys think that he could actually make the rotation at all It's going to be tough.
0: There's no doubt about it. Uh, I think it's possible because he is kind of a three position kind of guy. I think he could play a little at three spots. Uh, you know, his, uh, his passing is, he's really best in the open court. Uh, you know, he's honestly, so, you know, time will tell. I I just, I don't know. I mean, it's probably too much to expect a second round guy, you know, getting time,
2: uh, Tony, any shot for you? Yeah, I, I wouldn't uh I wouldn't pencil him in or I wouldn't put him in a permanent marker for sure. Maybe I'd pencil him in uh as like an injury guy if someone else gets hurt. But at the same time, the Kings were a third a top three seed in the Western Conference, and they gave heavy minutes to guys like Chemezi Metu and Kessler Edwards, who don't have a ton of experience um in their own right either. So if Jones uh earns time, Mack will play him. He showed he's not really afraid to give some inexperienced guys minutes if those if they are the best option. So I think it will be on Colby Jones. So uh, we'll, we'll let him decide by, based on how he performs. Uh,
1: the Kings finished their night uh, drafting 6'7 forward Jalen Slawson from Furman. Uh, Slauson is a, a fifth year senior. He averaged uh, just over 15 and a half points a game, 7.1 rebounds, 3.2 assists, hit 39% from deep. A uh, friend of the pod, Jill Adge, uh, she pointed out that of everyone in the 2023 NBA draft class, Slauson was the only forward in the top five in points rebounds assists, steals blocks per game field goal percentage three point percentage free throw percentage and effective field goal percentage so guys have you gone back and studied Mr. Slauson at all uh do you guys feel like uh that this is a guy that could be a player in the league too
0: well I've got to plead uh I haven't and (laughs) and as I told I thought with Whitey Gleason and and uh, Chris Watkins on the, I said, I couldn't pick him out of a lineup. So, <laughs> so I, so, so don't count on me for any information.
1: <laughs> Tony, we're leaning on you then.
2: Yeah. I'm not going to pretend like I was, uh, in Furnim, but you know, scouting Slauson, but I will say, you know, after going back and looking at the highlight reels, he uh, even more than Colby Jones, he was a little bit more intriguing to me as a player, but the competition is also different and I'm watching highlight reels, which cannot be trusted. So, um, what I will I guess is take the people that have watched him uh in their opinion higher than mine people seem to be really into the the Slosson pick it's uh, uh Kevin Pelton at ESPN who did the draft day grades um for both Slauson and uh Jones thought that the Kings got two top 30 players in this draft in the second round so, um, that's how, you know, Kevin Pelton, just one ESPN analyst who's really into analytics kind of rated out the Kings draft. And I thought his grade was interesting because you don't usually don't see teams getting an A, he, he gave him an A minus, but you don't usually see teams get in that range when their moves are second round picks and also trading out of the draft entirely. So it does seem like for where the Kings were picking, the consensus was pretty high on the two players they, they were able to select.
0: Yeah. I, you know, to the, the 54th, I remember my wife came in and asked me, she said, you know, all about anything i knew about this guy and i said i don't know anything i said you know he played for the Furman paladins which i know that 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 they are the paladins but she said well he probably isn't very good being that low and i said well the truth is maybe the best draft pick the kings have had for 20 years was went 60th and so (laughs) so so don't uh, so so anyway you know if the kid's good enough it'll show up
1: uh, how did you guys feel the Kings did overall on draft night? And was there any patterns? Tony, you kind of talked about it a little bit with Monty's press conference. Any patterns or common themes now that we can pick out of the stack of picks from what Monty and company were looking for in their draftees?
2: Well, I think we identified before the draft the kind of players that he was going to be looking at drafting. It's the same ones we talked about last week, just maybe of a, of a second-round quality instead of a first-round quality in some instances. But he wanted to find a wing who can defend and shoot, and he's taking some chances here uh in the second round which is you know how can you complain about that it's it's tough to be too harsh or positive i guess in any direction with these second round picks because we've seen so many and gotten excited about so many and seen nothing really come from it and then you have the the isaiah Thomases of the world so um no huge takeaways other than i, I like the the positions he's identifying as needs and trying to fill them and we'll see in a couple of years if any of these work out
1: jerry was there uh was there anyone any other team uh Um, on draft night that you felt like stood out to you that had a really good draft well
0: it no not anymore than you know kings i think i can't think of anybody other than probably portland who took an awfully good player maybe but but it may not fit their needs or or solve a problem it may in effect be creating problems so there is that sort of thing you know that you look at it's like you know when you got the third picking the draft you want to get better uh and they probably did but not not enough better for and maybe their most important player in their history and so we'll see if that solves a problem or creates a problem
1: tony what about you did you did you see any team that you watched on draft night that you felt like had a really good draft
2: well i mentioned it earlier i do love getting leonard miller at 33 but i actually put in my notes uh As Portland as my answer, if you were to ask this question as well, because I do like getting Scoot at three, getting Chris Murray at 23, and then also even uh, Ryan Rupert, um, 43rd in the second round. He was a green room invite, a last minute green room invite as a very interesting international forward. So I thought Portland did a really good job with all three of their picks.
1: Yeah, I feel like Portland is one of those teams that the second they trade Damian Lillard, they're not going to need five years to rebuild. They've already got, they've already got their guys kind of lined up and ready to go just on the off chance that Damian Lillard decides, Hey, send me to Miami. I'm ready to go. Uh, so Port- Portland was on of mind. I also had Houston, but I always like downgrade Houston because Houston almost has too much young talent. Yeah, like, They are packed in every single position for young guys now. And I don't know how they're going to get everybody playing time at that point. They're kind of, they're kind of the nightmare scenario for like a tank team, like, like, the tank teams that I support, just like oh great, now they got all these young guys and and no one to support them and nobody to uh nobody to give them all the playing time that they need. So I have no idea what Portland or what uh, what Houston's going to do, but I thought they had a pretty damn good draft too.
0: I'll tell you one thing that Portland will do, and I mean I think in, in my opinion, uh, they've got a coach that's going to make them accountable, mm. and yep. and they truly were not last year. I mean that was, uh, you know, just like watching an AAU team or something. But, uh, you know, they've got, so as you pointed out, well, I mean, they've got some really talented young guys. And if may Yudoka can, uh, you know, get them under control, and I'll be surprised if he doesn't, I, I see they can be significantly better.
1: Yeah. Okay. So there's only one other guy I want to talk about. I know the Kings signed some guys for their G League team, but I have to make this guy a mention only because I am who I am. Uh, the Kings signed a Jake Stevens to a, a an exhibit 10 contract. He's seven feet tall with a seven ten wingspan. He hits 45% um, from deep on 5.1 attempts uh, over his last two seasons. Jerry, Tony, Jerry, I know you don't, I know you haven't said anything. We talked prior to the podcast while I was ranting and raving about this man. Uh, Tony, have <laughs> you had any time to watch the center out of Chattanooga? And if not, do you guys forgive me for being excited because the Kings finally got themselves a long, weird boy like I've always dreamed of.
2: This is great. This is exactly what the California Classic needed. Exactly what the what Vegas needed <laughs> yeah. is some some interesting, weird players. I'm with you, Will. I was looking at his numbers. I was looking at his uh, highlight reels. Very excited, but I'll let you. I'll let you do your thing here.
1: No, that's it. That's yeah. all I got to say. Okay. I, I'm gonna be quiet until until we watch him in summer league. I know he's gonna shut down Victor Wimpanyama. He's gonna make him look look cheap. Uh, I've got my vote, my version of Poku for at least through summer league. There you go. And that's fine. That's, I'm happy with it. I'll take it. We're
0: happy that you're happy. And, and anytime <laughs> you can, you can sign a Chattanooga moccasin that you're <laughs> you're, you're making strides.
1: <laughs> okay, so uh, we're gonna we're gonna move on to free agency then, uh, where the words heading into the week for the Kings are optionality and flexibility. After the aforementioned uh, swapping of homes in the 24th to Dallas, uh, the Kings now have right around 35.6 million in cap space to work with uh come friday at three um that is now the third highest amount for any nba team the kings are the only playoff team with any wiggle room at all so where will they wiggle what what are they doing guys what do you see as the priorities for the kings come friday and the free agency period opens
0: well you know it's, uh, several of the free agents that uh are gone <laughs> you know resigning <laughs> you know so there is that that makes it tougher I, I I don't uh I mean I I think he's got a couple of options obviously to, to try to sign free agency with free agents with room or uh, more room to take on sign and trade guys so sure. I think he's in a great spot uh you know obviously there's players out there that a lot of people are targeting and I'm sure uh, Monty and his staff are looking at like, you know, maybe OG uh, and an OB would be available at some point, a sign and trade kind of thing. Uh, Of course, Kuzma is a free agent. Uh, A lot of people like him. I I like him. I don't know. There's guys, I wish they would get more than that, but so yeah, it's not a bad spot to be in because like I said, it gives you, you know, a lot of flexibility, but, but at the end of it, you know, we've talked about before when you got $35 million cap room, you can't play cap mm-hmm. room, right. you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, uh you know, that's the key is uh, at some point to uh, use it wisely.
1: So I can list out here a little bit. Uh, I just made a list here. Uh You can trade for guys like uh, you mentioned o Pascal Siakam, Uh, Maybe DeAndre Hunter from Atlanta is available. There's free agent options like Kyle Kuzma, Jeremy Grant, Chris Middleton. Uh, You got a lot more. Brooke Lopez, Josh Hart, all the Cam Johnson types. There's also rumor of a bonus extension in the works that might involve some cap maneuvering and a potential early pay raise. There's a ton of space to maneuver. And it seems like every insider in the world knows the Kings have something up their sleeve. So I guess, Tony, my question is, what do you think the Kings should do with their money? And what will the Kings do with their money?
2: I'm sure we've all kind of thought a lot about this. And the the other wrinkle is that what you decide to go do could mean you are losing Harrison Barnes. And you kind of have to factor that into the value of of what you're doing. Like you've already spent a pick to open up the cap space. So now this player or players you get needs to kind of be worth not only that first round pick that you moved, but also if you end up signing someone like Kyle Kuzma, who if you ask me, who do I think is the most likely big free agent to come here right now? My money would be on Kyle Kuzma. And then you're having that discussion of well, is was the opportunity to go give Kuzma the money required to sign him worth probably losing Harrison Barnes in the process? Probably lose and obviously already losing that first round pick. And that's where you get into that value argument where we have to see kind of how the off-season kind of takes shape in totality instead of kind of picking players here and there to see if it was a if it was a good move or a good offseason or not. But I do think Kyle Kuzma is is kind of like a n- number one on my power rankings of most likely, maybe not the one who I want most, but you look at the other cap space teams, uh, the only teams that have more cap space than the Kings right now are the Rockets and the Spurs. I'm not sure Kuzma makes sense for either one of those teams. Uh, behind the Kings, you have the Indiana Pacers, which is super interesting because they were reportedly interested in Harrison Barnes. So if you want me to project any one scenario for this offseason from today, it's that the Kings do end up signing Kyle Kuzma. The Pacers end up getting Harrison Barnes, which would be great for Carlisle and and uh, Tyrese Halliburton, who both have a relationship with him. And then I'm left wondering, well, it, was this all worth it for the Kings? And I guess we'll see how they perform and who else they get to round out the roster. But we can talk about more players just right off the jump, though. My number one, most likely at the moment, is Kyle Kuzma.
0: Yeah, I can't disagree with that, and and I'm and I agree with everything you said about it because it's one of those things. It's it's not a hundred percent getting better. <laughs> you know you're sure. you're getting different. Uh, it might be the better fit going forward. Younger player, more of a four, a little bit more of a four than Harrison. And uh, of course, with Keegan, probably should be, uh, you know, becoming a three. And I think that so that that's kind of where I would like it. I think, but uh, you know, it, it's not a not a home run. And you know, of course, you know, for me and I. The, if they could sign a trade and get Siakam, that would be the home run for me. Yeah. Uh, You know, and I know a lot of people would see it different, but I just think that's a guy that, that you could, you know, as a fan, you'd say, okay, we're better. We're better. You know, Kuzma, you're probably better, but you can't be, I don't think you could just say, (laughs) I know we're better now, you know.
1: (laughs) Jerry, is there any, is there any particular, trade or trade rumor or signing rumor that you're just absolutely like not on board with. I know we've, we've heard uh, people talk about Draymond green, possibly being an option. Uh, I I know there's Kyle Kuzma is kind of one of those guys that uh, people are pretty wishy-washy on. Is there anybody you just kind of look at and go, I would not like that gentleman on our team. Well,
0: I'm not a big fan of Draymond. So I'll say that. I mean, I think he's been a terrific player over the years and he has, Really been a great fit uh, for Golden State because they have truly great couple of truly great players, and uh, and so and he has fit with them. I do think he uh, is still good enough to, you know, play and play at a you know could help the Kings because Mike Brown knows him, knows his game. Uh, but what you'd have to pay to get him, his stage of his career that he's in, plus I just don't like him. So, so I just don't know. I don't know if I could, uh, you know, it's like anything. If all of a sudden the Kings would be the best team in the league, I I guess I could adjust, but it almost take that.
1: Tony, the one guy that I was nervous about other than Draymond was uh, John Collins, who was shipped out uh, to Utah today and significantly took up their cap space. So I'm kind of free and clear outside of Draymond. Is there anyone for you that you're kind of like, I really don't want this gentleman on the team for the price he's gonna command.
2: Uh man, that's that's tough because those were two of the, the two most risky to me as well. I think another risky one, and I, I don't know how realistic this is, is um Chris Middleton, who I really, really like as a player. And I and I could totally see why you would want to go get Chris Middleton if you're the Sacramento Kings. I just don't trust his injury his recent injury history. He's got a lot of miles on him. The fit is not quite it, it's almost it's the player you he was. That's who you want, but I'm not sure who, who he is anymore. So that's another one that the Kings haven't really been rumored, uh, rumoredly attached to, but he's someone that would be an aggressive maneuver for a guy who is available that I'm kind of like, ah, I do like Chris Middleton, but he's going to cost a lot. And I'm not sure I want to get into a, a long-term situation there with his injury history and his recent production.
0: You know, for, for me, uh, I know a lot of fans wouldn't agree with this and I understand why, but Brooke Lopez would be very interesting to me. Yeah because he fits. And, and, you know, I know you'd probably have to give him more years than, than you should. I think he's probably got two good years left. You know, he had his best year this year that he's had in his career. Uh, You know, if you could get him on a three-year deal at the kind of money that Kuzma or John Collins is making, I mean, I I just think with Sabonis and, and the rest of the guys, he'd just be the great fit. Uh, you know, and people say, well, he, he, how long is it going to last? Well, probably a couple of years. Well, so in the meantime, you got two years to find somebody else, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of like that. So, but so anyway, that's, that's a guy, you know, and like you mentioned uh, with uh, Middleton. Yeah. I like him too, but I, I like him less than Brooke Lopez for this team.
2: Yeah, I do too. I, I love Brooke Lopez. And that's, that represents what I, what I guess, if I had my way, it wouldn't be spending it all on one of these players that I feel like spending it all on one player is an overpay for all of them in some, in some ways to me, but if you can get Brooke Lopez and Josh Hart or Brooke Lopez and PJ Washington, um, or, or, you know, before Nas Reed signed, I love the, I think it was Bryant's idea, like Josh Hart and Nas Reed, where you're getting your wing and you're getting a center and they're both young players. I prefer that versus going all the way in on someone like, Kyle Kuzma, who I don't think he's going to take, you know, 30 plus, but that's what he's asking for. And I guess we'll see where the offers come in, but that's where I start to back away from Kuzma. If it, if it, if the number really is uh, getting crazy.
0: Yeah. And I liked, uh, you know, I mean, two of hers are, you know, Bruce Brown. I mean, yeah. I, I, you know, he, he and Josh Hart are just guys that we've talked about. I, they're ballers. They're just damn ballers. And I don't know, you know like with brown or or hart people say well exactly what position they play but well, on the floor mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, well, you get them on the floor
1: <laughs> uh so bobby marks put out a tweet that that was pointed out after the john collins trade to utah uh that 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 trade is kind of going to be how the new cba affects teams like atlanta where they have to move money for longer term relief that could be used to build out rosters instead of having some really expensive players and some minimum guys, you're going to have to like kind of spread that out a little bit. Um, And he basically said there's an unintended, unintended consequence that free agents are now going to get squeezed because a team like Utah just had 25 million in cap space vanish. Uh, Is there any, we kind of talked about like big players versus getting a couple of smaller deals that might like be listers that you might be able to get two or three for the price of one Kyle Kuzma or something like that. Would it behoove the Kings to move a little slower? see which free agents they can maybe get at a discounted price because there aren't that many teams with space.
0: Well, there's a, certainly, there's some merit to that, you know, because there's not that many teams with the cap room and, and, and that starts getting used up, you know, and uh, sure. I, uh, like I say, you don't want to get caught holding the bag. I mean, you can always use, you don't have to use it right now, but uh, still, I think it's a, as a, I'm speaking as a fan of the team, it, I don't want to see this as the final roster start in October. Sure. <laughs> so that's, that's what I'd say. And, and if it's too many, uh, you know, just kind of fringe pieces, I wouldn't be too excited because I'm not at all sure, you know, that Ellis and Queta aren't, you know, aren't themselves uh, really good pieces to look at seriously yeah. type thing.
2: Yeah, I, I definitely think there's certain positions where you can you can go bargain shopping if it gets a little bit later in free agency. Like if they strike out on Brooke Lopez and they already struck out on Nas Reed, he, he re-signed with the Timberwolves, uh, and you strike out on Christian Wood and you have to fall back on Mason Plumlee again, or even if Mason Plumlee gets squeezed out and you have to go even deeper into like a Thomas Bryant, I'd be very happy with Thomas Bryant as your backup center for four or five million if that frees you up to go hard after a guy like josh hart or spend at other positions also uh the kings have some tradable assets on this team in kevin herder and um and davion mitchell who was rumored to to have interest from the phoenix sun so there's other guards that you can get on the cheap if you end up having to spend one of your tradable assets for for a better player uh if you have to trade herder there's plenty of cheaper shooters that you can get and maybe you insert malik munga to the starting lineup so Monty has so many options and they're actually good options. It's not like in seasons prior where there was a lot of options and they all kind of sucked. I'm excited about all of these options. It just makes predicting what road he's going to go down um, almost impossible because there's so many different, different routes here with, with finally having cap space. And then also you have cap space and the people want to be here. Like we know Kyle Kuzma would, would be happy being a Sacramento King. There's, there's plenty of players in free agency this year who, who should and seem to, want to come to Sacramento which is just a very it's a new experience for all of us um and he's got options which is great
1: so um the other thing that's that's kind of come out around around this cap space is is the idea of uh possibly extend e- extending Sabonis a little early in his in his time there uh, apparently you can give him kind of a raise and extend if you're operating as a room team uh they could basically raise his salary this year to 30 million and then extend out from there 140% um, do you guys think that's something that that's feasible, Jerry? Is there any reason for Sabonis to take a deal like that rather than just waiting until he's a free agent?
0: Well, there's kind of a reason, but I, I just would be surprised if he'd do that. I mean, mm-hmm. I I think he's probably at the stage of his career where he'd rather bet on himself and and then be in a position to get, you know, which you can get the most money here, than anywhere, uh, whatever that number might be. Uh, and so... Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, if if they, if it can't be used in the other way, <laughs> I mean, that that's that, at least that wouldn't be a wasted way to use it because you're gonna have to pay the guy. Uh, but it doesn't make the team better. He's the same player.
1: Sure.
0: <laughs> you know, you know, you you give him $10 million, $15 million more, it doesn't make him better. Uh so so that that's that's the kind of the catch 22 with that. So I, I'd be, I mean, as his agent, if I were his agent, and I'm pretty sure there's not very many agents that are going to say, you know, let's just take a, a little a pay hike for a couple of years rather than just wait a year and, and uh, find out our value.
1: Is there any in terms of like um, selling free agents or selling trades uh, on people coming to the Kings? Is there any um, notion to like, hey, we've got both of our stars locked up for three or four years? where like Sabonis right now is only a year away from free agency. This whole, you know, fun party we've had the last year could fall apart pretty quick. Is there any uh, idea to like enticing free agents to come over now that you know like, oh, well, Sabonis is extended and Fox is going to be here. So we've got three or four years of peace and quiet in Sacramento?
0: I think it uh, to a very small degree. Okay. Generally speaking, they're looking at, at what's going to be for me when I get there sure. and how much money am I going to get. Sure. you know what you know what's my role going to be how much money am I going to get who's the who's the guys there and we'll worry about it you know sure. late later I mean and I don't know if that's even wrong there's so many things can happen uh you know it's like who, who knows what's going to happen I mean it could be with the injuries and different things so you know, anyway yeah I don't I mean it, you know some players would probably want to know but my yeah. guess is if you're also going to get a, a significant free agent. They're going to talk to Sabonis to to De'Aaron, right. and you know, and 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 those guys are going to say, "Hey, we love it here. We're going great. Come and join us. You know, it'll work great." And they're not going to, you know, nothing else will be discussed. I don't
1: think Tony. Any idea or any uh, any uh, positive hope for you as a fan that uh that Sabonis would extend rather than wait till free agency?
2: it would be nice to know he's going to be here for a long time. So I get that part of it, but I I do agree with Jerry and I know other people have made this point where the Kings have an opportunity to get better and extending Sabonis. Now the security would be nice, but if that's, if that's what all this was about, I guess I'd just be a little bit disappointed. Like if, if the draft night trade was just about um, giving Sabonis a raise to extend him, because you need cap space to do that. Now the Kings, the Kings have that. They couldn't do that before the trade. So if all of this was just in service of locking up Sabonis a year earlier, I don't know. It comes off weird to me. Like you you are unconfident that you couldn't keep him when he's an unrestricted free agent next summer and you're kind of uh, foregoing your opportunity to actually get better in free agency this year because you're so afraid he's going to leave. I just don't think that's the right or the best way to move forward in, in creating a, a better team.
1: Jay, I'm curious from your perspective here, uh, oh, tell me to, but, but specifically because, Jerry, you've been here in, the, in negotiations with players that are wanting a trade or wanting a different set of scenery here. OG Ananobi um, is going to be changing his representation. He's leaving Rich Paul's, you know, clutch sports, which is kind of like the big Kings connection there. We're like, oh, well, Fox is a Rich Paul guy. OG is a Rich Paul guy. Maybe behind the scenes, they're working to get OG to the Kings. With with OG Ananobi now leaving Clutch Sports, do you think that's more or less likely that the Kings end up with a trade that nets OG Ananobi back to the Kings?
0: Probably slightly less, but but I I, I suspect with OG Ananobi, and I, and I I've heard this from different players. I mean, with with Clutch Sports and Rich Paul, and Rich is a good guy, but but they they've got so many big time guys, and of course it's a Lebron centric and and all that, uh I, I would not be surprised if, you know, it kind of leaked out that uh, Ananobi really felt like he wanted an agent that would really focus on him a lot more, you know, sure. and, and I think that's not unusual, Uh and so uh, it comes down to, would he not want to, his agent not want him come, <laughs> come sure. I, I, It's you know, it's like, show me the money, you know, that's a really and I think in his case, this young man's case, I think he'd kind of like to get out of Canada. I mean, he won't say that, but I really believe that there's something to that, you know? And so I think Sacramento or, or not just Sacramento, but I think there's a lot of teams would like to have him at the right price, but you know, and we know why, because he's a very good player uh, who's been hurt quite a bit, but so anyway, I guess in the, I'm rambling here, but in a nutshell, I don't think it makes much difference. You know, sure. Any competent agent is looking for the best deal,
2: best situation.
1: Tony, is this a pivotal moment in Kings history where uh, the Kings have just lost their chance at uh, the star defensive forward?
2: I don't think so. I think there's players in free agency that could, could be just as good as OG. For as much as I, I like OG, and I'd be very happy if he's the guy they use this cap space for ultimately, I don't think he's the only road there uh, or, or the only road to get you to the next level. I think there's plenty of other options too.
1: Are there any teams outside of the Kings that you feel like need to have a big free agency or are posed to have a big free agency?
0: Well, teams that got, uh, you know, obviously cap room, I mean, San Antonio, uh, it's probably the one that comes to mind because, mm-hmm. you know, they're rocking on ready. <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, you know, if, if probably it'd be a timeline thing they're not gonna go get brooke lopez or or or, uh or probably siakam guys like that they want a younger but but you know if it's kuzma or something like that i i could see younger guys you know wanting to you know obviously wanting to play with wim banyana and they got two or three good pieces as it is sure and uh so they've got the cap they've got cap room and they in some cases, they may—I don't know how much—where they may have to use some of it. So, I mean, I don't think they feel like they'll be moving towards the championship this year. But my guess is that you on know, Popovich and R.C. Buford, they'd like to use this year to get there next year. You know, I, I really, I really believe that. I, I, I you know, that they probably are going into this that we're one year away from being a real deal.
1: Yeah. Tony, do you have any idea of uh, of which team might need, a, might need a boost here in the free agency period?
2: Well, I think uh, the West is an interesting spot in general in free agency. I mean, the top three teams in cap space are Western Conference teams, Rockets, Spurs, Kings. You also have the Jazz who have enough cap space to still make another uh, big move after the Collins trade. And where that is concerning to me is just the West was so flat last year with teams that were obviously not trying. And I think the Rockets and Spurs are going to try this year. Uh, they really have no reason not to. Rockets might get James Harden back, who I don't love, but he's going to raise the the floor, the talent floor of that team. And uh, I pulled these numbers months ago, so they might not be exactly accurate as I'm remembering them. But the Kings record that they finished with was, they finished third in the West, but their record was more in line with traditional uh, six, seven seeds in the West, just because of how flat the standings were. So it, it will not take a lot for teams like the Rockets and the Spurs and the Jazz to just be a little bit better to make life uh, significantly harder for the Kings with regards to finishing as a top four seed in the West to get another home playoff series. So it's going to be a competitive offseason and then into into the actual season. The Kings, if if you want to go up and up from three is hard, like you're talking about (laughs) two or one, but even just securing a home playoff series, I think next year is going to be a lot harder in part because of the teams that have cap space want to win and should be at least reasonably better next year, making that margin for error on the King side a lot lower.
0: Yeah. And, you know, then the, uh, you know, the outliers, the one that we still can't, you know, they like the Pelicans, yeah. you know, with the Zion stuff, what, what's going to happen there? You know, obviously if, if he were to be healthy and play, <laughs> they get a lot better. We know that, but it's also true. If they trade him, they're probably, they're going to get a lot better. Uh, and and even with all of his issues, there's a lot of teams would like to have him. And yeah. so, so that worries me just as a Kings fan. It's like, yeah, and I agree with you, Tony. I, I think the I mean the Kings could be better next year and be sixth.
2: Yes. 100%. They could
0: actually be better team and better prepared for the playoffs and still be sixth or yeah. something like that.
1: Jerry, would you take a would you would you take a swing at Zion Williamson?
0: boy it'd be hard not to
1: yeah.
0: you know I know and you know and I know there's people I say well you you you've really lost it Jerry you've really <laughs> lost it but I mean the guy if you know you might catch it right I mean he is he, nobody gets hurt on purpose no but and he could he says he's a game changer the yeah. you know, the guy's a game changer and and I mean how many of them are there and and a young game changer and I don't think he's a bad kid. He certainly made some mistakes. He clearly likes to have sex, which is not unusual at that age. <laughs> I remember what I did, you know. I mean, so, so there's that. But, but I, I, yeah, I haven't, you know. And I know some people that kind of know the kid. They, they, you know, they think he's a delightful guy, you know. And, and so, yeah, I guess in nutshell, yeah, I think you'd have to. You, I mean, you wouldn't have to. And it's a big risk, but, uh, sure. if you want to be, you know, if you really want to contend for a championship, that's the kind of level of talent mm-hmm. addition you'd probably need.
1: Sure. Tony, are you taking the risk and uh, boosting the only fans economy in Sacramento by uh, trading for Zion?
2: A hundred percent. I am, uh, I, you know, to a degree, to a limit for what the Kings would have to offer. And I think he's less of a good fit here than elsewhere. But if I was another team that was kind of, I look at like Atlanta where they're kind of just in the mud. They're not really doing anything mm-hmm. like why not go after Zion Williamson? And there's, and there's other examples of teams like that who are just kind of in the middle of nowhere, not doing a lot of interesting things. Why would you not? I think Zion, when he's healthy, he's one of the best players in the league. So, you know, and he's very young banking on a new change of scenery there. Someone is going to do it. Um, and I think there are a lot of teams that, that should seriously look at it.
1: I'm curious on your guys' perspective on, on two teams and and they were connected in a single move, but I'm curious as to how you guys see these two teams. Um, one was golden state. How do you guys feel golden state has mm-hmm. done since the draft? I mean, they drafted Trace Jackson Davis. They they drafted another, I'm trying to think of who the other kid was, it just slipped my mind. Uh, they traded for Chris Paul, which is kind of the big thing. How do you feel that that move uh, specifically, Jerry goes for, for the golden state warriors and draft or in, in bringing Chris Paul over and moving out, um, Moving, moving out the best, the third best Kings player in their series uh, against the Warriors.
0: You know, uh, yeah, just uh, on the one draft kid. I mean, I don't know much about the Santa Clara kid. I, I know he's a lot of people like uh, him. Pods, I, yeah, pods, yeah. yeah. But uh, Trace Jackson Davis, I, I watched him a lot just because of Mike Woodson being a friend and staying in touch. And you know, there's only probably one team in the league that he could have an impact be valuable to and it's probably the one that drafted him you know True. i mean a guy is really a skilled player undersized you know uh, can't shoot the three uh there's a tough tough-minded kid uh yeah i i i'll be surprised if you don't play a little bit uh nice. so there's that now the chris paul thing and this is here again this is just my uh, brain farts in action but uh I think it's really a good move for them, you know, Mm -hmm. and I hate that because I, you know, you know, we know he's going to get hurt and all that, but, but the guy can still play and he can still play at a high level. And here's what'll happen. I can tell you right now, they're not going to play as fast as they once did with Chris Paul. Mm -hmm. Now people say, well, that's going to, no, it won't hurt them because right now Clay Thompson and Steph Curry probably be better in a little slower, more, more half-court game at times. Uh, they're not quite the blasters they used to be, and uh, so I, yeah, I don't, I didn't like it. I didn't like it from the Kings' perspective. I, I, Chris Paul. You know, people say what they want, but he'll have a, you know, he'll have some the respect of that team, and you know, and, and he, you know, within two or three years, if he's still playing, he'd drive nuts. But he's not going to be there that long. But short term. They, they, they got better
1: does he expect to start jerry do you think he expects to start probably
0: chris uh yeah he probably does and i don't know why he wouldn't you think about it you know i mean he and you know clay at the small forward and, and you know i mean I don't, I'm, I'm trying to think uh, you know jordan Poole's not there and, and like i said people would say well you know Chris Paul, he's this. Or, I said, now, wait a minute. Let's just cut it down to the basics. So we're going to start a team tomorrow. Would you rather have Chris Paul or Jordan Poole? Well, I know who I'd rather have. <laughs> <laughs> and I think
1: it's a, a,
0: a definitely upgrade.
1: upgrade. Tony, are you, you a know, Jordan I mean, Poole I mean, stand? I mean, oh, go ahead, Jerry. <laughs> oh, yeah, one
0: last thing. And Jordan Poole will probably lead the league in scoring. And, you know, <laughs> right. probably yeah. the, the most – most empty stats yep. in the, in the league <laughs> and and Washington will win uh, 29 games. Okay. So I've got it. I got it out yeah. of my system.
1: Okay. Tony, are you a Jordan pool fan? Are you, are you excited for this move uh, on either side of the coin?
2: Uh, I'm not a, Jordan pool was one of the best players for the Kings in, in that series. So from that standpoint, I'm a huge Jordan pool, Jordan pool guy, but yeah. I'm kind of with Jerry. I was walking my dog after that Chris Paul trade happened. And my instinct was, ah, Chris Paul, he doesn't really have, like, what is he going to add? And then I started thinking more, and it was like, man, if there's there's a handful of players in the league that could learn, that the Warriors could learn from. Like, the Warriors have so much experience, so much everything. There's a handful of players that could actually make them better, like, strategically on the court, and Chris Paul is one of them. Like, he has so much experience... And he's worked on with so many different organizations and coaches and he's just such a cerebral player, anyways, that he he could make the Warriors just a little bit better, even not on the not even being on the floor with them all the time, just in practices and tricks and things like that. And then also if they do resign Draymond where it looks like they're going to. That's just going to be the most annoying team on the planet to to play against. I'm I'm a Chris Paul hater when it comes to on court antics from him, and just yes. having to deal with both of those guys at the same time is going to be a nightmare. So I'm I'm kind of with Jerry. I'm frustrated that I'm that I kind of like the move a lot for them.
0: I, there was one I was reading a comment in the in the Herald, and it was uh, somebody made the comment. It's like, yeah, if a fly lands on Chris Paul, he'll flop. And you know, if a fly lands on Draymond Green, he'll stomp it. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I, I, you know, that was a highlight for me. I cacked him for about five minutes
2: by myself.
1: Uh, just on the other side of the coin, so I get my tank fixed. How, what do you think about the return that uh, the Wizards have been getting for guys like Chris Stapps or like like uh, Paul Kuzma just going in free agency? How do you feel about the Bradley Beal trade and what the Wizards are doing to uh, to reset their team?
0: Well, they are resetting. I mean, so you got to give them that. I mean, they, yeah. they, they clearly knew they weren't going anywhere and, uh, you know, they were, and that's probably true. And, and so I get it. I think the Porzingis move, uh, was good for them in a sense, uh, you know, the, and good for Boston. I mean, I know probably Tony is still shaken up, but, but, <laughs> but I mean, if, if the guy can stay healthy, I think they, they probably get a little better, uh, time will tell now i as you know i am not a bradley beale fan i no, no. i just i i mean i think they got bradley beale about four years too late
1: yeah they, i don't <laughs>
0: think they got the bradley beale they think they got uh, you know it's kind of like washington getting mitch richmond they didn't get the mitch richmond <laughs> that they thought they were going to get and uh you know or philly getting the chris weber they thought they were going to get you know i mean that happens you know yeah. uh but but to me, you know, you know, I think he'll – I haven't said that. I think he'll help him next year. But I'd be – I guarantee you that probably last two years of his contract, are going to feel like they got John Wall or Russell Westbrook, you know, with paying about $50 million for a guy who's a high volume and gets you 19 points on 18 shots on it. <laughs> so anyway – so I, I yeah I I hope uh, you know it, it it's probably a I, I'm just not sure Phoenix is better but uh, with it at all and uh, and if they are it's going to be a short window.
1: Yeah, a short window that they won't and they won't have picks for the rest of the 2020s. They won't have a yeah. pick till 2030 something, and that that blows my. Up. Maybe that's a tank commander to me, but that that's a weird one. That would make me very uncomfortable as a Phoenix Suns fan. I don't know how much one championship is worth if they win one, and then the next rest of the decade is going to be absolute garbage for them. I don't know how much that's worth.
0: Well, you know, too, it's a it's a case of a new owner trying to invent the wheel. And uh, you know, Frank Vogel, they got a good coach. He's not as good as the one they let go. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean that's that's what I think and. So, uh, yeah, anyway, I wish them the worst. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: the the Wizards did fine for the spot they're in now. I mean, the mistakes are the previous regime for not making these moves earlier. To me, I think, you know, what? Do we think that the Wizards didn't make the best moves they could make today? I think that's just the value of the players they had. Uh, and they just waited too long, which I, which is why I think the, the Portland Trailblazers are such an interesting team to talk about right now because I think the Wizards, what happened to the Wizards will happen to Portland if they don't act, in my opinion, this offseason. I think this is when they trade Damian Lillard and or risk, risk the Bradley Beal-type return. And then from the Kings' perspective, I think that makes Jeremy Grant a very interesting target because why does Portland keep Grant around if you're going to really blow it up and, and trade Lillard? So... That's the team I know a lot of people are watching right now to see what they do next. And if if I were them, uh, look no further than Washington for for how to mess this up. I think the move is make that trade now or very soon, and, and don't don't be like Washington.
1: Okay, so we're gonna roll over to a commercial break real quick, and we'll be right back. Sacramento Electronic Supply now has stock
0: on Trendnet switches, five to eighteen port gigabyte power over Ethernet switches for all your networking and camera needs. Stop on by their location directly south of Costco in Rancho Cordova, Monday through Friday, 8.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. Hey, or visit them online 24-7 at
1: www.sacelect.com. All right, Tony, we're going to run over to you for the Patreon question of the day. What do you have for us?
2: all right uh thanks will on every episode of this podcast we ask at least one question from our king's herald patrons you can submit uh well you can subscribe at patreon.com slash king's herald and you can submit questions either on the patreon through twitter on the post for this show on the website any question that gets asked we will answer eventually either on this show or on the patreon exclusive q a show that we record once a month so if you don't hear your question answered here uh check out the patreon for your question being answered uh I have two this week, but, um, well, I have more than two this week, but I wanted to get Jerry and Will's opinion on a player that we haven't talked about yet, so I'll go with Jordan's. Um, he just says, Grant Williams, that's all. So, Jerry and Will, we haven't talked about Grant Williams yet. I know he came up in our Kings Herald chat. He's a restricted free agent out of Boston. Uh, how much of an impact do you think that signing would make for the Kings? Do you think he's a fit here? Um, and does he actually move the needle at all for this team?
0: You know, I I, I think he's a good player but uh, I don't know that he moves the needle. He's, you know, is he better than Harrison Barnes? Uh, I don't know that he is. I don't think he is at all. Uh, Is he better than Trey Lyles? Yeah, but not very much. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think, you know, and that's, I just, uh, I guess he'd be about the least consequential free agent you could probably get that that's the way i'd see it
2: so not not very high on the on the board because the, the next question here from david was uh which free agent if any pushes the kings to the next level um second third round playoff or finals appearance i would imagine for you grant williams is not in that category but uh who who might be to answer david's question too? well david
0: i i think probably you've you've you know kind of got my gist here already right or wrong i i think uh you know, certainly I think uh, Pascal Siakam, he's not a free, free agent, but, I mean, uh, he's a guy I think make, makes you better. How much better, but better, that you're capable of uh, saying, go play Denver, who you got to play and think you got a chance to win. And I think uh, Brooke Lopez certainly is that guy that gives you a chance because if he's this perfect fit with Sabonis, gives you the rim protector you don't have, a deep shooter, uh, unselfish guy. Championship pedigree, you know, so those would be a couple of guys that, you know, that, you know, just bring uh, things to the table you don't have right now, as opposed to somebody that's a little bit better than guys you have, (laughs) I guess. So so that that would come to mind, Uh, you know, I guess if you, you know, if you ask me who I'd really like would be uh, Jokic. Uh, but (laughs) he'd be hard
1: to get
2: (laughs) will uh your thoughts on grant williams and then which of these free agents we've talked about to you really pushes the kings to that next level with your with your most confidence
1: yeah i i think grant williams uh the only way i'd be interested in him in terms of the kings is like he might be one of those guys that gets squeezed out near the bottom like everybody else is signing and there's not a lot of space left so he has to just kind of Take the slim pickings and the Kings could get him on a deal, and that'd be fine. But I, I I don't see any reason why I would want Grant Williams over Sasha Vizankov, or like Yuta Watanabe, or some of these other guys that are kind of like uh, Sasha. Uh, if he comes over, I think will be just as good in his first year as Grant Williams is. He's a little bit taller. Mm-hmm. We know he can shoot a little bit better. He plays power forward. I mean, he's a name. Like he played for a successful Boston team and he had big moments in the playoffs. So maybe there's some value in him being a vet that way, but he's never been somebody who stood out to me. I feel like maybe he hasn't reached the ceiling, but he is who he is at this point in his career. Uh, He's just, he's kind of an undersized power forward and uh, that's fine. But like, I I don't have much, I don't have much way in the love for Grant Williams. Uh, As for somebody who could push us to, but like I think he did he say the next round and then maybe the finals
2: uh yes he said next level meaning second or third round of the playoffs or finals so whatever bar you you want to try and clear here
1: yeah I think if I think it was the next round like I think Nas Reed and and um Josh Hart would have been those guys or if you had two of those guys if you could combine two Mm -hmm. guys that either come off the bench or start or they're spot starters and whatever. I think Josh Hart would start for this Kings team and be one of those guys that he's such a, he's such a piss ant. Like he's such a hard worker and player that that might be infectious. Like you get mm-hmm. a couple of those guys, like, like Davion has that reputation too. But like, if you have a few of those in, then maybe that catalyzes the whole team into it. Um, Josh Hart's still available. Although there's kind of this love between him and the Knicks, possibly because of Jalen Brunson. Um. I think uh, if you could get like uh, Cam Johnson, I know they said that like oh we'd be willing to match. The Nets said they'd be willing to match Cam Johnson up to like twenty five million a year. Ooh. Like yeah, if, if you could if you could get Brooklyn to not do that for twenty, <laughs> yeah. sure yeah sure then like a Cam Johnson would be good. Uh, I think Jeremy Grant to a certain extent. I think Kyle Kuzma if he came in here and played a role rather than tried to create the role for himself. I think he'd be a guy that could fit, but uh, outside of like the Kings getting the number one pick and drafting like Wembenyama, there is no singular player that I think the Kings could put onto their roster today and like suddenly become a finals like a finals lock, and and especially nobody in free agency this year. Uh, that's just kind of how the way it goes. Maybe 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 better luck next year, but there is no player in this world that. You could just throw on the Kings and suddenly they're like, yep, they're going to the finals. There's just too many good teams in the league and the Kings have these little holes to fill before I can certainly feel confident in that. All right, well, All right, Jerry. Well, we're going to run on down to you then. You wrap it up for Mm -hmm. us today. Well,
0: the only thing uh, I was just thinking, I was having to look through uh, the G League stats for the Stockton Kings and looking at Namias and, and Keon Ellis' stats, and they're really good. You know, I know it's G League, but it's like, you know, I think this is a really big summer league for these guys. And, you know, and it's really one of those things that they need to be given a really fair look during the Mm -hmm. summer. Uh, I mean, it's very important because I think they both have deserved a good look. You know, it's like I was just looking at uh, Ellis's numbers, you know, 15.7 points. 56% 55, 56% from twos, 42% from threes, 77 from the free throw line, rebounds five. Now, his assists aren't really there, but he's not a point guard. Yeah. You know, I think, yeah. well, that's, you know, that that deserves a fair look. He didn't really get that, and I understand why. But it, what little he played, he played pretty well. And then, of course, Namias, I mean, is he is he what Mike Brown wants? Maybe not. Uh, of course, they need more size. They need shot blocking. And, you know, there again, he, in 28 minutes a game, he averaged almost 18 points, 68% from the field, 8.6 rebounds and 2.6 assists. Well, there's nothing there that says he
2: can't do
0: it. It may be he's not good enough. But so I guess what I'm trying to rant here is is uh, with all this summer league crap, get these guys minutes a lot of it and 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 give them a fair look if not for you for the for the league
1: amen to that jerry all right well on behalf of the king's herald i want to thank you guys for uh for listening to another episode of the king's herald i want to thank jerry and tony for being here it, it can be a slog during the summer but it's always a joy to uh get to jump on here and talk for a couple hours uh with tony and jerry about basketball and about, about the sex life of uh, sex lives and NBA <laughs> players and, and anything else we can we can jump into it, it truly is a joy and uh and it's our listeners it's our patreon subscribers that allow us to do that so thank you guys uh, again for listening to another episode and we will uh we'll see you after uh, after an exciting two weeks with a, a brand new and uh, improved king squad so keep your fingers crossed and we'll see you then